good morning, Munchtropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monstrous city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! What can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we begin? After you, Junior. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Multiplex Logged It. I am your host, Caleb Lilbo Boatman. Tim Ricola is once again uh, MIA, uh, but we're going to have a good time regardless. Uh, so... We've got a great panel for you. We're talking best first-time watchers of 2022. Michael, we haven't seen you around in a while. I think you've only been on the show once before. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, Been doing a lot of TV, uh, not as much movies, but been able to fit a movie in here and there, so it should be fun. Excited to, you know, I try to limit my appearances on shows like these with Jack, but I decided (laughs) to just be on here anyway, so... (laughs) That's fair. Dylan, Dylan, always a great time to have. You've been one of our more frequent guests now. It used to be like you were on like once or twice now. You've been here a lot more, and I like that. How are you doing, Dylan? I'm doing good. This is an exciting one because I feel like this is such a broad topic. Usually when I come on, I feel like I can kind of predict what people are going to pick, but this one is kind of like up in the air, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of not being predictable, Jack Pinchuk is here. Uh, hi, Jack. How are you? Hi. Uh, we'll see. Well, we'll see how uh, how I am as it goes along, and we'll see how my internet treats me. Uh, that is fair. Yes. And first time on the show, Aaron J. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, super excited to be here and uh, hear everybody's lists. And uh, yeah, I only have like thirty or forty movies to choose from, so you know, nice and easy list to make here, but. Yeah, good to be here with everybody. I've gotten to talk with Michael before about movies briefly, but really I haven't talked to anybody too much about them, so I'm excited to kind of hear everybody's takes. So super mm-hmm. fun to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Does Aaron Whoa. think this is wireless, by the way? <laughs> I, I, don't, I hope he doesn't. Like um, just the way he was talking about lists and stuff. <laughs> this is not a top ten show. That's no, I know. I, yeah. okay. I think he knows Fair. what it is. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, before we get into the main meat and potatoes of the show, we always got to have the appetizers. Your favorite movie you logged this week. Uh, so, yeah, preferably not the one that if you watched the, your favorite movie of 2022, maybe save that for later. But, you know, you never know. Anyway, Michael, we'll start with you. What was your favorite movie you logged this week? This movie sort of fits into that category, what you're saying, but... I decided to use it for uh, this category, um, and I'll go with uh, The Friends of Eddie Coyle, uh, directed by Peter Yates, starring Robert Mitchum. Uh, yeah, uh, this is basically just a uh, like a Boston crime thriller. Uh, it's a few heists in it, and I really love when like these sorts of movies have high stakes but like low scale. Like the stakes are high in that. Coyle is fighting for his life to not go to prison. And, you know, he's very old. Robert Mitchum was, I don't actually know how old he was, but, you know, it's 70 or so. It's sort of the tail end of Mitchum's career. Um, and then, obviously, at, in the movie as well, um, his life. But 
the state the scale is just very sort of quiet very small there's no big heat style heist there's like a whole sequence where it's just at like a sort of rundown train station and it's sort of enthralling the whole time and yeah i really recommend it to anyone who is sort of a fan of those gritty 70s crime dramas because also like mitchum in this movie is just incredible and i really love mitchum and i was so happy to like finally watch this and see that yeah he's just no matter what decade what era what uh genre he's just incredible and so yeah anyone who's interested i really recommend it that's fair uh i have not seen this one i've seen a few yates films really like breaking away yeah uh, i i thought the hot the, rock was good yeah. but i've been wanting to see this one uh dylan have you seen friends of eddie coyle I haven't, but uh, Michael definitely sold me on it, so I'll probably check it out. I like Robert Mitchum a lot, so Robert Mitchum's awesome. Jack, yeah. I'm gonna assume you haven't seen uh, this. I have not yet heard of this movie until today, but I'll add it to the watch list. It sounds very good. Aaron, this sounds up your alley. Have you seen this? Uh, I love Robert Mitchum. I have not seen this one yet, but I'll watch it tonight. Unless I say that about another movie said later. Yeah. But I love, I like I love that. Oh, Gritty. Aaron, knowing you, I feel like there could be at least five. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say that a lot. So, like, uh, But I'll watch them all within the next few days for sure. Um, you know, Gritty 70s doesn't sound like something I would like at all. Oh, yeah, no. No yeah. way. Uh, okay, now we'll go over to Jack. Jack, what was your favorite movie you watched this week? All right. Well, my favorite movie uh, I watched this week. You can start typing the title, Boatman. Uh, it's a, it, it came recommended from one Caleb Little Boat Boatman uh, on call one night, and uh, holy shit, it's great. It's the Day Trippers. Uh, yeah, I, just randomly on call, I said, well, "What's like a like a little under two hour movie uh, that I could watch?" And Boatman asked. How do you feel about Lee Schreiber and Parker Posey? I've got a movie for you. And this movie's a lot of fun. Uh, Hope Davis, uh, there's not much of a plot to it. Uh, Hope Davis finds a poem from her husband. Uh, it's not uh, explicitly to her. So she's, uh, so her family gets involved and uh, uh, like her family involves themselves and they take a day trip up to uh, the big uh, city. Uh, looking for her husband, uh, played by Stanley Tucci, uh, who really cool to see uh, young Stanley Tucci, uh, but uh, to get an answer about this, and it's just a, uh, kind of a hangout movie about uh, their their uh, their trip on uh, trying to find Hope Davis's husband, and um, just the people they meet along the way, and, and the family themselves. They feel like genuine, like real people that you just uh run into in the middle of the street uh especially the the two sisters that are cleaning out their uh their mother's apartment uh that scene is just it it just feels really uh authentic to me and i i just yeah. had a really good time with it uh leaf schreiber is like the ultimate douchey uh <laughs> uh the ultimate uh philosophical douche it's great yeah. Parker Posey's awesome in it, uh, but Hope Davis just gives a hell of a performance. Uh, I'm not entirely sure who plays her mom. She's incredibly annoying in uh, moments, and that it, it's a little uh, 
grading to watch at points, but it, she she also gives a really fun performance, uh, and it just works yeah. for the movie. So yeah, thank you, Boatman. Yeah, uh, it's Anne Miera who plays uh, the mother, and she, I I think she is exactly as annoying as she needs to be. Like I think both the parents are just the right amount of annoying in this. So much of this movie is in the car, and I think that is so genius to kind of like give you kind of recreate that feeling of you're in the car with your family and the, just the little idiosyncrasies that get on everybody's nerves. It's so great. Uh, leave Schreiber, as you said, just the ultimate like intellectual douche bro. He is, he is so obnoxious yet. So funny. This Parker Posey's Parker Posey and she's great. The whole cast is great. Uh, this is directed by Greg Matola. Uh, who did Superbad and Adventureland. So I, I would recommend this if you like those, or even if you don't, to be honest. I, I think this movie rocks. This has kind of been one of the little movies I've been championing. Uh, like, hey, this is really underrated. Check this out. Uh, Michael, I don't know if you have seen this, so I'm going to go to you. I, uh, I haven't seen it. It's one that's sort of been in my radar just because I like Greg Matola <coughs> and... I it just I've also heard the Letterbox poster is really cool and also a good Beatles song so you know yeah I, but I haven't seen it. I believe the Letterbox poster is the Criterion. Right. Yeah, I, I assumed it was the Criterion. Just has that which feel of it, is yeah. I own the Criterion and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dylan. Yeah, I love this. I remember seeing this for the first time, just randomly stumbling across it on the Criterion channel in like the end of 2020. And it's one that I've also been like championing a lot to people because I feel like it's kind of weird that it doesn't get talked about all that much because it feels like a movie that would have like a lot of like broad appeal. Like it's not like some crazy bonkers, like inaccessible indie movie. It's like a good like road, road trip film, family drama that uh, I just personally connect to a lot yeah i think this is probably Liev schreiber's best performance in my opinion which might be might be crazy for some people because i know that a lot of people love spotlight and that's a great movie too but i think he's like so good as like this pseudo intellectual like just like seeing his arc throughout the movie of just basically learning to become like self-aware because it was just something that he's completely lacking throughout the movie is just really satisfying and like the uh the party scene where he someone who actually knows what he's talking about confronts him is like kind of painful because uh as a fellow pseudo pseudo intellectual i've been there but yeah this is this is a great movie I like is it, it like kafka-esque from like because it's honestly the same vibe uh aaron i know you've seen this one yeah uh, i got this recommended to me by some guy named caleb boatman uh, apparently he likes this movie and tells people to watch it. Uh, I just followed the lead here uh, with what everybody else has said. I'm not a pseudo intellectual. I'm not an intellectual at all. So like, I really hated Lee Shriver's character throughout the movie. So, uh, you know, but honestly, I, I really, all the character dynamics throughout the movie are fantastic. Like every character is there for a reason. There's really no empty character, whether they're there for a minute or there for more of the plot. And uh, I really love the ending of it. It's probably my favorite of that director too and i like all three of his movies so highly recommend i think it's always on the criterion channel too so you can just grab it there yeah and i want to say it's it at least was if it isn't anymore yeah it might might be off but i think it's on hbo max still too yeah Uh, so yeah be sure to check that one out 
Uh, now we'll go to uh, Aaron. Aaron, what was your favorite movie you watched this week? Uh, I had a few. Uh, I didn't watch quite as many this week as usual, so um, usually I have a lot of, to choose from. But I'm going to the 70s here. Uh, director who, so far, everything I've seen from him, I've really enjoyed. Uh, it's Larry Cohen's uh, Black Caesar, which is based on Little Caesar, Scarface, and kind of a ripoff of The Godfather that came out the year before it, too, but black exploitation style. Uh, it's a really fun watch. Uh, Fred Williamson, who I only knew from uh, Dust Till Dawn, I'll be honest, uh, as the guy who turns into like the Bat King at the end. Uh, so, like, but yeah, it's just great in this movie. There's some problematic aspects to it, and you know, whatever. Uh, I can look past those and enjoy the movie for what it is. And uh, I haven't ever seen Little Caesar, so it is making me want to go back and see the original of that and, you know, kind of understand that more but the ripoffs of the godfather to me are really really entertaining and interesting in this movie since it did it's 73 uh and it's just like larry cohen's just a weird guy all his movies are so different and uh i really am enjoying going through those so yeah i highly recommend it i believe it's still on the criterion channel because that's just where i go to browse and just find find shit like i just so this one's a really good one i recommend it to anybody james brown does the score so, I mean, it's like, I think like one of the two movies he did the score for. So maybe I'll get that trivia question at some point and, you know, that will pay off. So watch out. There's a free five pointer. But uh, either <laughs> way, Black Caesar, I recommend it to anybody. Uh, it's a good, t- it's a good time. 90 minutes. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I had not even heard of this movie until you mentioned it, but adding it to the list, Jack. I'm gonna, no, we're not just uh, <laughs> We don't need to even ask. <laughs> Uh, copy paste what Boatman said. Hadn't heard of it, but now I'm very interested. Yeah, Michael, haven't seen it. Dylan, it's on the Criterion Channel. Maybe you've watched it. I've scrolled past it, and I thought it looked. I thought it looked cool. Uh, I like Larry. I like Larry Cohen a lot, so I don't want to check it out. Like both God Told Me To and this stuff, I think are two very fascinating films. So I want to. I want to check this one out because it sounds also completely different than those. So. Mission accomplished. I got the hadn't seen it, and I'm going to watch it. That's all I want. Uh, now we're going over to Dylan. Dylan, what's your pick? Yeah, so for the main topic of the show, I wanted to exclude uh, films that were released in 2022. So I did watch my favorite uh, 2022 film this week, which was the new Celine Siama movie, uh, Petite Mamon. Hopefully I pronounced that right. For a, for a Canadian, my French is not that great, but... Uh, yeah, I think this movie is just like really, really beautiful. Like the amount that Celine Siama is able to do in like 70 minutes, which is how long this movie is, is just, it's more than any or most directors I feel like can do in like almost two and a half hours. Like it's crazy just the amount of emotion that she just is able to pack in like the most simple of interactions and conversations, like the two main performances uh, from the two young actresses are just like amazing. Like some, probably some of the best child child acting I've seen in a while. Uh, yeah, just a really, really beautiful movie. Uh, I don't want to give away what the actual relation is between like the two main characters in the movie. Cause I think finding that out as, even though you find it out pretty early on is it's really beautiful to see how it all plays out. And yeah, great autumn movie too. Like the color palette is like, it's like obviously set in autumn and like the color palette is very beautiful. It matches like the warmth that the actual story of the movie brings as well. So yeah, it's a great film. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen this. I haven't seen the other big 
Celine Siano movie either. Uh, but uh, I've been told it's not for me. Uh, Michael, have you seen this? Uh, no, I definitely want to check this out fully into 2022 because I loved uh, Portrait and this played for like a week here and I didn't get a chance to see it. But yeah, definitely on my list. Aaron? Of course I've seen this movie. Uh, yeah, it was great. Um, sound design of Celine Sciamma to me is like one of the best aspects of her work for sure. And definitely don't read anything about this movie. Just watch it blind as most movies go better that way. But yeah, it's a great movie. Jack, based on this comment, you have seen yeah, this movie. Can you address this? Like, this is <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> uh, so that's inaccurate. Spence, the uh, movie that I was watching when you played All-Star was Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 not going to make... But I did watch that. this movie on call uh, while Adelaide Spence was also present. And yeah, no, this movie rocks. I, I, I love this one. Uh, Definitely. I, I, I'm I'm not sure if it's technically considered 2021 or 2022, but regardless, it's in the top five uh, uh, or top three of either year. It three. had a it's, 2022 it, release, so and yeah, called it 22. So yeah. Yeah. I think it only played in like Guys, early. Update. Yeah, so I, unless was this nominated. It, uh, no, I don't the, think so. No, the okay. Then I'm gonna say no. Then I might have watched it on my Plex server in 2021, if that means anything. <laughs> so it seemed hard. decently available. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> oh, it was a bad announcement. Well, France didn't submit this one, right? They submitted the other one for yeah, they submitted the, to the Oscars, Oscars, right? And it was like a bit. Well, who knows? Maybe it'll end up being nominated this year. Uh, uh, release states are weird. <laughs> yeah, release states are weird. Anyway, now we go to me. Uh, I'm also picking a 2022 movie. Uh, I am picking a much less um, prestigious movie. Going with Elvis. Look, look. Is this movie basically a sentient line of cocaine? Yes. Did I enjoy it? Yes. It's it, as Coho said. This is pure sugar. This movie is like pure icing. There is not very much substance to this movie. But here's the thing: a lot of these substanceful biopics have gotten so samey, right? This isn't a Bohemian Rhapsody, which is at this point now kind of my go-to for like. The just kind of basic, let's hit the things. There is style to this movie. And I'm not a, I'm not a Baz Luhrmann guy. I'm really not. Like, I don't like Moulin Rouge. Uh, but I think for this, because it is a subject matter that is built around excess, I think the excess of the filmmaking matches the subject matter. And that's why it works for me. Also, Austin Butler is just phenomenal. Like, he's genuinely great. And I think that kind of... Helps the movie around him. Uh, it's not subtle whatsoever, but it, I I had I enjoyed myself. Uh, Michael, you seen Elvis yet? Uh, not yet. I'll be going this uh, weekend, but also uh, this was shot in the Gold Coast, so shout out. And it's like been big news. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Jack, you see this yet? Not yet. Maybe after I catch the black phone, I'll, I'll get around to this one. But uh, yeah, no, I'm. 
I, I'm excited to see it. I just haven't gotten to it. I thought he was going to say catch the Black Plague for a second there, but then he switched <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Aaron. Yeah. Uh, I watched the Black Phone this weekend instead of Elvis. Fair. Dylan? Uh, considering it's a Baz Luhrmann film, I think I'd rather wait to catch the Black Plague before I watch this film. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, now, we go over to the other part of the show. Your least favorite movie you logged this week. Michael, we'll go over to you. Yeah, uh, I've been waiting for this movie to hit streaming and it finally did like a week ago and uh, that is dear evan hansen um so i watched that one uh not black caesar <laughs> um yeah this movie it's sort of everything i mean this the discourse around this movie was kind of crazy when it came out um yeah i don't really know what i can say i never really had any connection to this movie beforehand just uh caitlin Dibby was good um amy adams is like weird in this movie it's just very first of all, this movie is very white like it should be mentioned it should be noted <laughs> like they're talking about like julian moore like struggling and she can't afford meanwhile she has like a two-story house evan's bedroom is like bigger than like my fucking street that i live in like it's crazy <laughs> the <laughs> how fucking space these dudes have um but yeah obviously the story is a bit problematic it's kind of crazy and i really do not like in musicals when they sing like as like a get out like when evan's time comes to sort of face the consequent consequences from the family he just starts singing i think it's no words is the song words and fail really, words fail okay and i just really don't like that because it's like you're not you're the one who should be talking or singing right now like, it should be that and it really bugged me and i know like the family is probably looking at this dude like He's singing about words fail. Meanwhile, he's singing like a three-minute song. Like, can we interject here? Like, can we sort of start yelling at him? But they can't because he's just singing in their fucking dining room. Like, what is going on here? Uh, but yeah, and also, I just really wish the movie focused on Zoe. She has the much interesting story about how this like psychopath um, basically injected himself into her family. She can never trust a dude again. Like after this, like she is traumatized. I would assume. But it's just sort of brushed off <laughs> like she just goes off to college and it's all fine um i don't know this movie is awful i thought and yeah steven chaboski this is uh where you at my guy like come back because yeah yeah fair enough uh jack <laughs> uh you you hi how do you feel about your name hi uh I did bring this up uh, way back in like whenever this movie came out as my least favorite of the, of, uh, the week, but I still like, uh, I, I still didn't hate it. It's just, I didn't have a very bad week, uh, but th this movie's fine. Uh, there's issues with it and it's the same issues that uh, I've got with the actual thing. Look, it's just the character of Evan Hansen. I'm not a huge fan of, but, I love Caitlin Deaver in it. I think she gives a really strong performance. She's got my favorite scene in the movie uh, uh, with Requiem, which is the entire family of, of but her portion of Requiem, I, I love. I love Amy Adams in it. I think the stepdad is great. Uh, I'm just, I, I, I'm not a fan of uh, 40 year old Evan Hansen uh, and, uh, and like, 
14 year old Caitlin Deaver. That's just, I don't know. It feels, it, it, it just feels see the makeup on but, his face. It's crazy. <laughs> which did not come out that much before this movie ben platt does not look as old as he does in the politician as he does in dear evan hansen it's honestly crazy uh aaron have you seen dear evan hansen no no real interest in seeing dear evan hansen i kind of like musicals but uh no this one not gonna make it onto the Villain. Watch list. You didn't torture yourself and watch this, right? No, uh, pretty much you could copy and paste everything that Aaron said. Yeah, I have no interest in watching this either. But yeah, yeah this, this, this I'm not watching, watching this tonight. Dylan, <laughs> don't watch this. I'm not right now. This is not a Okay. I'm going to put a disclaimer up here. Look, okay. Is this movie good? No. No, it isn't. It isn't. Does this movie? Here's the thing. Does the plot in the m- stage version still have some of the same problems as the movie? Sure, sure. Does the stage version hold Evan way more accountable than the movie does? Yes, and I I just want to say stage version a little bit innocent. Stage the stage version has some good things. Uh, is it basically like World's Greatest Dad, but worse? Is it like a fake suicide type thing, like friend thing? A, <laughs> I don't care. Of, okay. No, I don't care. Oh, you don't need it. Never mind. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I will say, I think there are some good musical numbers here, specifically Sincerely Me. I think it's like a really fun musical number in this, and I like the way they visualize it. I like the show, so that was always going to temper the my feelings about the movie but i also think the movie ruins a lot of the best things about the show i think it takes out a lot of the comedy which is actually i think super necessary and again the movie does not hold evan as accountable as the film does because there's a whole song of like everyone basically saying like michael's problem with the with the movie of like words fail evan actually gets like everyone kind of railing on him and we don't really get that so yeah uh, anyway, uh, now we'll go to... Oh, is that everyone for Dear Evan Hansen? Yeah. So now we'll go to me for my least favorite movie I watched this week. Uh, you know, fandom is a thing that exists. I play there sometimes. Sometimes you have to watch the ones that aren't the good. And Michael, I'm sorry. I, I feel bad that you're here for this because this franchise, you're like, try the 13th part for the final chapter. Uh, sorry, not a fan of this one. The fact that Corey Feldman still had a career after this, kind of amazing. Um, because he's bad. Uh, here's the thing. Crispin Glover is bad in this, but he's the fun type of bad. Because he's just having a blast in this. Like, Crispin Glover dancing is, like, one of the most amazingly bad things ever. Like, here's the thing. All the Friday the 13th movies I've seen so far are bad. This was the most fun, so it's also the worst. So I don't know where that lands on a Friday the 13th ranking because this is probably my favorite, but it's also the worst, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bad movie. It's very stupid. Um, there's, 
the characters in this one are just terrible people. Like, even more than the general slasher movie characters. Like, they're just awful. Uh, Dylan, have you seen this one? I have, yeah. I I really like the Friday the 13th movies. They're not good, but they're so much fun, I, I think. And I think this is actually one of one of the better ones just for the just the fun aspect like the hey ted where the hell's the corkscrew and then he gets stabbed in the hand with <laughs> it's great like everything with crispin glover in this movie is just hilarious so yeah i can't fault you for not liking it because it's the friday the 13th movies it's very much you're either on board with the tone or you're not and that's about it but yeah yeah aaron yeah, no, I love the series, honestly. And this is one of the top tier ones, so you got a long ways to go down if you think this is bad. Uh, Crispin Glover's dancing is just what you show up for, and you stay for, like, all of the terrible puns. There's, it's, it's, and everything with Corey Feldman's the worst, too, also, and his yellow raincoat. Fuck him. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Jack? I've seen all the Friday movies for fandom, and this is my third from the bottom. I think there's only two worse than this movie. I very much like this movie. I hate it with a passion. Uh, this this is just not for me. I, I I don't know how Corey Feldman recovered from this uh, this movie. Uh, how he had a career is just shocking. How Crispin Glover had a career after this is shocking to me. I just, I don't get it. Uh, this movie, I, I, I just really hate it. That's fair. Michael, I know you're a big Friday uh, fan. Yeah, like, Friday series is probably my favorite franchise of all time. But I also know that, like, I'm not going to be like, how dare you not like the final chapter? Like, I know what they are. Um, I will say I disagree with this being sort of... Are you saying, like, this is your favorite of like the first four have you only watched the first four i have only watched the first oh, okay um and you're saying like this is the best one or this your is favorite, but the worst of the first four this is the worst one it's also my favorite okay i I'd screw with that i think this is because i actually think this is actually like scare. i think this is scarier than the first three because and i think the makeup uh effects are really good because tom zavini like this was supposed to be the last one and they brought Savini back and he was like, <laughs> okay, like we're going to make this good because um, like we're going to kill him off. And so I actually think they hold up a bit. Um, but like you said, um, you know, I really enjoy Crispin Glover dancing. That's quite uh, funny. Um, and the twins really cool, but yeah, like I'm not going to, you know, disparage you for not digging this one. I get it. I do think it's really fun though. And it's quite good, but yeah. Fair enough. Well, uh, now uh, we go over to Dylan. Dylan, what your favorite movie you watched this week? Yeah, I feel kind of bad because this is actually a movie that I quite liked, but I just had a really good week of watching movies, I guess. So I'm going to use this as a second recommendation, I guess. I watched The Black Phone. Uh, which was really good, I thought. Uh, there's some things that I wasn't super crazy about, like mainly like I felt the first act, like up until uh, Ethan Hawke actually shows up, it's like that's when I feel like the dialogue was the most distracting. Like I feel like the dialogue throughout this most of this movie was pretty like awkward, and 
yeah, specific specifically that first act, I was like, it's when it really stood out and I couldn't quite get into it. But then when Ethan Hawke shows up, like the movie really picks up from there. Uh, Ethan Hawke is just like amazing in the movie. Like he is so creepy as the grabber, which is what they call him. Uh, yeah, the mask, also, I'm pretty sure the mask was also done by Tom Savini. The masks were also done by Tom Savini. So that, that was pretty neat. Those were really well done. Uh, yeah, a couple like kind of cheap jump scares uh towards the end but yeah overall i i think this was actually quite solid but it's unfortunately my least favorite thing that i watched this week so fair enough i have not seen this yet uh michael you seen this uh no like i'm going to a preview screening this friday i've avoided i'd, I'd take my headphones out because i've avoided four <laughs> trailers and everything i don't want to hear anything about it so but yeah I'm too. that is fair uh aaron you said you saw this yeah, uh, earmuffs for a second, Michael. Uh, so yeah, it was I. I liked it fine, but uh, you know, I I actually thought the first two acts I preferred to how it ended uh, for me, and that's a problem with a lot of these types. So that's uh, Ethan Hawke's great. I don't want to say much, even like even talk about it much, just because I do think it's worth seeing. It's well done, but uh, yeah, it it left it left something lacking for me. So I was a little disappointed. That's fair. It's uh, definitely written by Stephen King's son. Definitely enough. Stephen King's son wrote the story. That's the last Is thing. Is that in Maine? It's Joe Hill. Well, no, but like it, it just, <laughs> yeah, like it just feels very. Not set in Maine, not real Stephen King. You're right. Uh, yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, you saw yeah, this, right? So I'll be seeing this this weekend. I'm oh, okay. I'll be double featuring this and Sinister with a good friend of mine, and I'm not ready for that. Fair enough. Okay, well, now we go over to Jack. Jack, what was your least favorite movie you watched this week? What about... Uh... Oh, I was just going like this direction. I was going like that. What about I, this guy? Aaron, like, also known as Aaron. I can put Aaron. Well, this guy's I was Replacement Joe. Oh, wait, did you not talk about the black phone? Yeah, you talked about the black phone. He was, I think he was asking if I had my low recommendation yet, but I think that's what Jack was clarifying. But I already talked about the black phone. I was, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. gonna, yeah, I was just going yeah. to Jack first, and yeah. then I was going to you because I was going oh, like, that's great. Okay, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm dumb. Okay, yeah, no, uh, I, I didn't have a very bad week either for watching movies. Uh, my lowest one though, it's still three stars. Uh, it's from 1939. It's Betty Davis, uh, the Betty Davis starring, uh, uh, Dark Victory. This movie is good. I'm just gonna throw it out there now. Uh, this movie has got three great performances at the center of it uh, from Betty Davis, and I am blanking on the other two names right now. Uh, but essentially, Betty Davis uh, finds out that she has uh, like a, a, a tumor uh, and uh, she gets it surgically removed. But later on, she finds out that... Uh, her she still has serious issues and her, uh she's will she will eventually die there's nothing that can be done about it and uh it's just her living out her last few weeks uh humphrey bogart shows up in this movie for a few scenes he doesn't do much but he's there uh uh yeah no honestly like three solid performances like really great performances uh 
Davis absolutely deserved her nomination, but uh, the correct person won, in my opinion. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, uh, no, not not a film that I think is bad. Just nothing else really to talk about other than the three performances. So fair enough. Uh, I was just. I was just looking, oh, who's in this movie? Because you alluded, you couldn't remember who else was in this. And I was like, okay, Bogart, George Brent, Geraldine Fitzgerald, and then Henry Travers. And then yeah. Ronald Reagan's in this movie. <clears throat> this is Ronald yeah. Reagan is in this. Uh, Ronald Reagan, the actor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Reagan, oh, yeah. the president? He's in this, apparently. Uh, Michael, have you seen Dark Victory? Uh, haven't seen it. Fair enough. Dylan? Aaron? I have not seen this one. Moving right along. Okay, now we'll go to Aaron. Aaron. What yeah, do do? Uh, this guy. Um, I, I also had a decent week, but I did sneak in one that was a stinker, uh, pun intended. Uh, Envy. Barry Levinson directed Envy. Uh, this is a movie that I remember seeing the trailer for and deciding I was never going to see this movie back before The Mist, which is my least favorite theater experience of all time. I just hate The Mist. Uh, I know people love that movie. I don't. I can't stand it. Uh, it's the closest I've ever come to leaving a movie early. But I'm glad the ending sucked for everybody involved uh, because I hated the characters. Anyways, Envy. Uh, it wasn't that bad. Like, I think maybe some of the humor, because it was so bad for 2004, kind of aged well to 2022. And, like, you know, there's, like, a, some really weird performances by, you know, like Christopher Walken is in this trying to do some sort of character. Uh, Rachel Weisz is in this. Amy Poehler is really funny. Uh, Jack Black's Jack Black. So I love Jack Black in anything. So, I mean, you know, it's a movie about a vaporizing poop invention, which as a dog business owner, I fantasize about every day. So I was immediately interested in that. But, uh, you know, it's got a really weird score by the Rugrats composer too. So that's cool. Uh, kind of. Just and it's a very weird uh, go from Barry Levinson. A lot of movies I haven't seen of his that are much better. So I decided to start with Envy. Aaron, can I ask you a question? Because I haven't seen this movie. Sure. Is this one of those movies that where Jack Black kind of has to be annoying, or is this a movie where Jack Black gets to capitalize on the fact that he is one of the most charismatic people on the place? Of the this movie? is in the annoying Jack Black category. He's a little bit jealous. In Why did we do this? Why did we do this to Jack Black? One of the most charismatic actors of all time. One of the most likable people of all time. He and kind of rewind is one of the best movies of all time. I agree. I agree. Where we hated him. Why? Why did we do this, America? Why? Uh, yeah, Ben Stiller's super, and it's super annoying Ben Stiller, too, to be warned. I, I like Ben Stiller. Right, right. But these are two very... About a movie I haven't <laughs> seen. Michael, well, you see Envy? Uh, I haven't seen this in, like, 15 years. I used to rent this from the video store a lot, but, like, the only thing I remember this from this is Vaporize. Like, that's, <laughs> if it ever came up in trivia, I was like, I remember that. Nothing else from the movie, and that was it. So, yeah. Fair enough. Jack? No. Yeah, well, I would imagine. Dylan? Yeah, I have no interest in watching this. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well. HBO Max, if anybody's interested out there. <laughs> Uh, that's it for least favorite. Now we are going over to the actual meat and potatoes of the show. Favorite movie log this week. Uh, what? what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. 
Yeah. The best first time watch of 2022. Wow. Okay, wake up. Uh, anyway, best first time watch of 2022. Anyway, uh, Dylan, we'll start with you. Sure, yeah. So probably my favorite film that I watched this year uh, was actually my first uh, foray into the films of Robert Altman. I watched The Long Goodbye earlier this year, and I absolutely loved it. Like, I, fi I find that I'm, like, a huge fan of these, like, crime films that are, like, super laid back. Uh, and that's basically what this is. Uh, Elliot Gould is fantastic as Philip Marlowe. Like, he's such an entertaining, like, protagonist to follow through this story. Like, he's just just how like disinterested he is in like pretty much everything just at the beginning of the film. And yeah, it's just really, really, really fun to see him just basically stumble his way through, th through this film. A lot of really funny interactions. Uh, gave me a lot of Jim Jarmusch vibes, which I mentioned in my, uh, in my review on Letterboxd, which is my favorite director probably. <laughs> so that, that was uh, obviously really cool. And yeah, I really liked it a lot. Uh, I also I wouldn't be surprised if, I found out that uh, the Coen brothers were fans of this movie because I also kind of got like Big Lebowski vibes from it a little bit as well. Uh, but yeah, I really love this film. So if you, if you like those, any of the stuff I mentioned that it reminded me of, then you should check it out. Yeah, this was also a first time watch for me this year. Uh, this was definitely in consideration for me, but I'm glad you brought it up because that means I get more options. Uh, yeah, no, this, this rocks. Uh, as someone who is like not the biggest big sleep guy like it's lower tier film noir for me personally not the biggest big sleep fan i think gould in this works so well i think he i i like schlubby not really caring about anything like just kind of a little bit goofy philip marlowe as a as opposed to kind of hard-boiled philip marlowe and i think that Gould is just so good here. L.A. Gould becoming one of those actors who I'm just, I'm finding myself liking him in pretty much anything he's in. Like, I, I'm i a big Elliot Gould fan now. Um, and he is so good here. Uh, Michael, have you seen this? Uh, yeah, when I was on a while, less two years ago for like the 70s movies, I binged a bunch and like this is one of them. Um, and yeah, like you guys, I really liked it. I've only seen it the once, which is sort of perfect because I don't totally remember everything like i know there's the neighbors that are like the girls right who are like where ellie gould just sort of has no really doesn't really want anything to do with them right and then he's like trying to find his cat and then there's a random sterling hayden appearance mm -hmm. um <laughs> but in what dylan said like this is obviously like raymond chandler and i know cohen's were like took uh, a lot of inspiration for raymond chandler for like big lebowski and stuff so yeah wouldn't be shocked before if they like rewatched this movie like off for like a whole year before Big Lebowski. Um, yeah, this is really good, and yeah, it's it's really weird like knowing Elliot Gould for being Monica and Ross's dad, mm -hmm. and just going back and watching yeah, like, this dude was like a legit like fucking movie star who was like the epitome of cool, and it's like I just know him as like Ross and uh, Monica's dad, so it's really weird, and I'm really I and like really enjoying going back and just sort of seeing how fucking cool this dude is. So, yeah. I did not know Elliot Gould was on Friends. Oh, Good God, of course. That's who I knew him from. <laughs> I, I never watched Friends. Oh, you're so young. Sweet summer child. I watched, I've seen like three episodes of Friends. Um, anyway. Uh, Jack, I'm going to assume you haven't seen this. 
I too have not seen Friends, and I have not seen this. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Aaron? I don't know if me and Jack have seen any of the same movies. I've seen this movie, uh, for sure. Um, love this, obviously, if you know my taste at all. But, um, yeah, I got some laid-back mysteries for Dylan, for sure. Uh, it's one of my favorite kind of subgenres. And if you want a weird Elliot Gould, Monica, you know, and Ross's dad movie, watch Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice if you really want to see a weird uh, Elliot Gould performance. Just, it's insane. You'll never see Elliot the same again or want to. Um, but yeah, no, this is a great one. I love how little the mystery matters. It's kind of what a lot of, you know, I, it, I think that a ton of our favorite kind of filmmakers love this movie too. And I can definitely see the influences. It's kind of inevitable once you see this movie for sure. And the ending is, it's very weird. The ending leaves you very, very, with a, at least left me with a very odd feeling, which I enjoy in a movie. So yeah, I highly recommend this one. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, well, uh, now we'll go over to uh, Aaron. Was that everybody on the long goodbye? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, your favorite movie, or one of your favorite movies of 2022, first time watches 2022. There's got to be an easier way to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what, however you want to put it. The, um, the thing with the show, the, the, you know, the thing that we're on the show Yeah, for. the show thing. Um, the so show my, thing. my show thing for my favorite 2022 movie, I think I've watched this movie three times now this year. I've recommended it to a ton of people. It's my Harold and Maude of 2022, and I will stand behind that. A Matter of Life and Death, The Archers directed this. Uh, I'm obsessed with The Archers. Uh, they, are the, they are just incredible. Every single one of their movies I've seen so far. The Red Shoes almost made my pick for this also. Just beautiful, beautiful Technicolor movies. Uh, I've never heard anybody like even mention this or talk about this movie, and I just feel like this should be amongst the kind of It's a Wonderful Life brought up classics. Uh, it's a really cool premise uh, that I don't want to really spoil too much, but World War II pilot is going down and dies or something in this, and uh, but or he's supposed to die, and, you know, then something happens, basically. Uh, it's, you know, similar to, like, a defending your life, uh, if you will. So uh, it's from 1946. Uh, half of it's in black and white. It's just... An awesome, awesome movie. I can't believe it's not even two hours long. So much is packed into this movie. It's uh, David Nivens, uh, Kim Hunter, who I was not even familiar with. It makes it even better. But just watch The Archers. The Archers are really, really amazing, beautiful filmmakers. And this movie is just, I've, you can watch it with your mom. You can watch it with someone who doesn't watch a lot of movies. Everybody, I feel like, can get a lot of this, out of this movie. This is an all-time classic that I don't think enough people have seen. No, this this movie absolutely rocks. I believe you are the person who like yep. finally got me to watch. After Day Trippers, I recommend yeah. it. Yes, because we were like trading we a good for a while. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, this this movie uh, rocks. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, absolutely would not be shocked if Albert Brooks loved this movie because this is so good. Yeah, you can definitely tell he took a few things from Defending Your Life. This is another one. Another one I watched for the first time this year. So like. We're, we're taking off other ones I've watched. Yeah, this, this movie's great. Uh, it, it's got like that perfect kind of dramedy style where there's stakes, but there's also a lot of lightheartedness to it all. And that's very fun. Uh, I also, this movie looks gorgeous, by the way, specifically what they do with the black and white and the color. Like that is such a brilliant move. Mm -hmm. And it's so great here. Uh, yeah. Excellent, excellent film. 
Yeah. Uh, Jack, have you seen this? Uh, I will say what I said on YLS. Uh, the song "Stairway to Heaven," great song. Haven't seen this movie. <laughs> Fair enough, Michael. Uh, Jack took exactly what I was going to say. Ah, uh, no. Um, I seen the red shoes. I like it, and uh, I really, really love Peeping Tom, which like is just Michael Powell, but still. Um, so this is every now and then the sort of the Powell Prescott Pressburger films like as a bunch come on a streaming service and then they leave and then they come back and it's like I've always wanted to be like I'll just binge them I just never have uh, but yeah glad to hear that this hit for someone else as well someone as much as I respect as Aaron so oh, yeah stop it Michael stop it <laughs> no keep going keep going <laughs> can I get a repeat uh, on that can I get a repeat on that from Michael? <laughs> We'll, we'll go to the instant replay. Uh, Dylan, have you seen this? This actually feels very up your alley if you haven't seen this. Uh, I feel like it would be really up my alley. I really want to check it out because I, I, I think you brought it up, Boatman, uh, on one of the on a previous yes. logged in episode. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and this was I, like one of my favorite movies I watched this week on for a past logged in. Yeah, and so this is one that I really want to check it out because yeah, both of you guys sold, sold it very well, so I want to check it out. Yeah, this movie's uh, awesome. I will back this up. If you have not seen this, watch it. Uh, now we will go over to me. Uh, my first pick, uh, I think I am going to go with, this is also a movie I've brought up before uh, here, uh, This is, but this is one that I'm just going to shout this one from the rooftops because more people need to see this one. Uh, this is a movie from 1977. It's called Between the Lines. Uh, this movie has an all-star cast of character actors. Like, it's not an all-star A-list cast, but it's like a bunch of people who you're like, oh, wow, they're in this? Because uh, this has got, like, uh, Jeff Goldblum, John Hurd, uh, Lindsey Krauss, Bruno Kirby, uh, Michael J. Pollard. It's, it's, everyone in this movie is great. Basically, what this movie... Uh, kind of centers around it's about this like underground newspaper magazine that was like big in like the late 60s early 70s but now is kind of slowly faltering and there's kind of talks of like maybe a corporate buyout but like they're, they're this underground like indie punk newspaper uh and it's while it's about that it's also not really about that because it's also just it's kind of just this period of time in the lives of these people that work there and it's kind of about their interpersonal stuff it's about them getting stories and uh it, it's very much like a true ensemble because you're kind of going back and forth through all these different stories and how they like weave back in and out of each other and it's so great everyone in this movie rocks it's weird to see john hurd play like a punk He's like kind of a punk in this, which is funny because if you think of John Hurt, he's like the ultimate like dad, like John, like Home Alone, and like even when he's not a dad, he's like always like the uptight yuppie. So that's always fun. Uh, yeah, definitely recommend this. Aaron specifically, this is super up your alley if you have. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. gonna let you know. Uh, Michael, you seen this? Uh, no, but funnily enough, I was almost gonna watch this like two days ago because. Like Scott watched it and then like Paul watched it and then Zach watched it like a year ago. And I was like, I might as well join in, but I didn't. And so I'm hopefully going to be watching this like in like the next week or so. So yeah, but you know, you actually pick, I know you had seen this earlier than you're in. So you actually picking this for your choice definitely gives me the push to finally just watch it. Cause it's on YouTube for anyone 
you're kind of I also want to say it's on yeah. Criterion. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, but like I don't have Criterion here, so that's, because, so that's why I feel that anyone international. It's oh my god! Sure. I'm so sorry, Michael. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Jack. Wait, you me? I haven't seen this. Uh, you are correct. Dylan, have you seen this? You actually might have seen this. It's on Criterion. <laughs> no, no, I haven't seen it. There's so Fair many enough. movies on Criterion. Yeah. There's like a lot of movies. <laughs> That's a fair point. A lot of pressure on Dylan. Just saying that was Aaron, I don't think you haven't seen this, but you uh, not yet, but it's it, it's on the list for the evening, right behind uh whatever that movie is. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dear Evan Hansen first. It's a real horse race right now. That are between yeah. the lines. All right, Jack, over to you. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That's the one I'll pick. Uh, so I've talked about, uh, the one that's actually like my favorite of the year on the show before. Uh, but I want to, I want to spotlight a couple that I haven't talked about here. My favorite one of those is in Sandy directed by Denis Villeneuve, uh, who is quickly becoming, one of one of if not my favorite working director i love this film uh there's not very many uh canadian films that i can say that i really love but this is easily the best of them for me uh it follows um uh so it's got two different stories going at the same time basically uh this uh this woman and her brother are, both, are each given a letter uh, and they're told to go and find their father and their brother, uh, respectively. And uh, because their mom just passed away. And uh, so they go on this, uh, essentially this massive journey to find uh, their father whom they've never met and their long lost brother who they, whom they also have never met. And uh, this is one of... Uh, this is just a brutal story because you uh, you flash back to uh, Lubna Azabal's character who plays uh, their mother and her her story is absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, how she basically had to abandon uh, her child uh, at, uh, at like shortly after giving birth to it and uh, and just the journey that she goes on to find the, her child again is heartbreaking and Love and Osbald just absolutely turns in an incredible performance. Uh, it's got an insane, uh, some insane twists in the film that I don't want to spoil here. If you haven't seen this movie, do yourself a favor and watch it. It's in French. So there's that, but like uh, if subtitles don't bother you, absolutely give this one a watch. It's more than worth it. Thank you. I'll be honest. I was dealing with some things in the chat, so I didn't remember the title, and I was trying to like figure it out. And I was like going through Jack's reviews to try to figure out what movie he was talking about. <laughs> so thank you, Michael. Fair. Anyway, uh, yeah, haven't seen this one, uh, but obviously it's neither one, so uh, I want to. Uh, Michael, have you seen this? Haven't seen it. No. Uh, Aaron. I am going to watch this one tonight, Jack. I promise you that. I've been meaning to watch this one for a long time. Um, and subtitles most certainly do not bother me. Um, so I'm very, just added it to my uh, 
particular streaming platform. So uh, it is on there. So I am going to watch it. We're finally going to have a common movie. I'm very excited to, you know, share a common <laughs> movie with Jack. Finally. Dylan, oh, you're yeah. Canadian. I am. And I love this movie. Yeah, this is, <laughs> that, uh, this is probably my second favorite uh, Denis Villeneuve film after Blade Runner 2049. Cause I love that movie, but uh, yeah, this movie is just fantastic. Like there's a lot of stuff that happens in it. No, no spoilers. Obviously it's like, could have been like very over the top or like very it's like very melodramatic but he's able to like make it work and make it land and feel like super authentic uh there's one scene in a pool which is like where like the two main characters one person just finds out something like some devastating news about like basically their past and he doesn't know how to tell the other person so he's like hinting at it and when the person like realizes it's like realizes what he's trying to say is like this huge like dramatic moment and it's it's almost like a jump scare in the way it happens where it, her realization and it's just such a powerful powerful scene and yeah it's a phenomenal film yeah yeah uh is that everyone for insan these i believe yes yep. uh so now uh michael over to you yeah uh so funny enough the two choices that i want to choose i actually haven't logged yet it's the plus thing of just like i want to write something and then i like a month goes by and then you just end up like just fucking logging it randomly yeah. so i haven't logged this yet but but i will uh it's from 1998 uh it's an australian movie called the boys um uh it stars david wenham uh tony collette like right before six cents um it's basically just like one of the best movies uh david wenham gives like one of the best performances of the 90s it's sort of like the opposite of 25th hour where David Wenham plays a character who has just gotten out of jail. And it's sort of the, that day, the movie takes place around that day. It's based on a play, which David Wenham also starred in, which sort of took, was sort of based on a true story that happened in the eighties in Australia. Um, yeah. I don't want to say too much about that because it's sort of spoilerish, but also like, it's a bit brutal. Um, but this is basically just like a takedown of like toxic masculinity. Um, it's shot in a very verite sort of style where you can tell it's based on a play, but it's very cinematic in a way that like, I don't know, something like doubt isn't necessarily that like that. Um, this mo movie uses like flashbacks and flash forwards um and the house is very cramped so you hear one thing and the person in the room hears something and it's like it's sort of in sort of uh basically just very cramped and everything is just all on top of you, you feel like this weight of pressure is sort of weighing you down and it's shot very empathetically towards the characters who deserve it and like to not towards the characters who don't deserve it and it's very very interesting um about how just sort of the the like evil that is david wenham's character just sort of penetrates everyone because before he was released like you sort of get the sense that that the family was like doing well and once he's released that just all just breaks down and they're right back to square one um and there's also some like sort of sort of gay undertones of just how there's multiple instances where David Wenham and Tony Collette like try to have sex, but he can't get it up. And the way that's sort of used as like is violence, sort of what turns 
David Wenham's character on or is it not? And it's, it's used in a very interesting way. And I really, really recommend it because it just sort of like the whole Bogan culture of Australia, which is sort of like, you know, people sort of, I think, uh, they sort of, what's the word? They could sometimes fantasize it. And it, this just totally takes that down. And honestly, make you never want to like visit Australia because it's kind of brutal. And the ending is so freaking haunting. And yeah, I really, really recommend it to anyone who enjoys that sort of style of movie because it's just fucking great. Like, there's no other words to say. So, yeah. The boys. Fun time. Yeah, uh, I have not <laughs> seen uh, the boys or this or the TV show. But yeah, no, uh, this, this actually sounds really interesting. Jack. I can't remember. Did you have David Wenham on your top 100? No, I did not. But you said David Wenham, and I'm in. <laughs> Aaron, you seen this? Uh, no, but this sounds super up my alley. Uh, definitely added it to the list. Fair enough, Dylan? Uh, yeah, I'll have to check this one out because it sounds really cool. But no, I haven't seen it. Fair enough. I also really want to see that. Uh, now we'll go back over. Dylan. Uh, what's your other pick? Yeah, so, all right, I'm gonna go with the actually the first film I watched this year, which uh, was really cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, Day for Night by Francois Truffaut, which is a really great film just about filmmaking, which I know that makes a lot of people like kind of roll their eyes <laughs> at a bit because like we have a lot of those now. But this one's almost like a love letter to like all aspects of filmmaking, down from like the production design and like the sound design and you know a lot of like the minor issues that can like spiral out of out of control on the set of a film and like it's really fun seeing all these different characters just kind of hanging out on a film set and like how their different stories kind of and relationships kind of intertwine and cause even more problems on the film set it's like a really great like hangout film and just like a good slice of life film and i think yeah, it was. I watched it when I was like kind of like burnt out on films a little bit, so I, I kind of like took a break and then I wa watched it because I really wanted to. And yeah, it really just kind of reaffirmed my love for movies, which yeah, is really all that you can ask for from a film like this. So yeah, yeah, uh, I have been wanting to watch this for a while. I love movies about movies. I'm a sucker for them actually. That's like one of my tech marks. Basically, love movies about movies. Been wanting to watch this for a while. Uh, Michael, have you seen this? No, but I'm sort of same as you. Like, this is definitely been one of watches for ages, but just haven't. Jack, uh, I have not, but uh, there's a great album by a great Canadian band uh, with this name, uh, so that's good. But no, I'll check this one out. Aaron, uh, I've I had a true foe movie I was thinking about going with 400 Blows, but no, I've not seen Day for Night but loved everything I've seen from Truffaut. So I'm adding this to the list either way. But now that Dylan mentioned it, I'll add it a little higher around here, Evan Hansen range. <laughs> well, uh, Aaron, we'll stick with you. What's your other pick? I was stuck between two. Um, but honestly, what Michael kind of mentioned about kind of the masculinity and the issues with Tony Collette and uh, Stephen Wenham's character Kind of jogged my memory to a classic that I got to see uh, when I was home, actually. Bonnie and Clyde, 
uh, Arthur Penn, 1967. I had heard mixed things about this from quite a few people. So I was expecting a kind of ho-hum, like not like kind of, but it was pretty dark, pretty edgy. I Obviously, it's pretty significant for what it was able to break with the barriers that it was able to break in American filmmaking. And it had a really interesting angle where Clyde couldn't really get it up with Bonnie. And this is being talked about in 1967, which like I was not ready for like that psychosexual angle of the story. And I just found that obviously it's a the ending is just iconic and it's brutal as ever when you know whether you know it's coming or not. Um, and it's, you know, just one of those movies that I can't believe I hadn't seen up until now. And, uh, Warren Beatty is kind of that guy for me that whatever he's in and I'm interested, I've decided everything, especially seventies, uh, sixties, Warren Beatty, I'm going to watch it. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, just a, a bias at this point, but yeah, I love everything I've seen from the parallax view is another one I got to watch this year from him. Just great stuff. But yeah, I love, I really love this movie. And, uh, I was just, uh, you know, kind of hating the inevitability of it all by the end of it. It's kind of a classic story for sure. It lives up to the classic moniker for me. I really liked it. Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde is great. Uh, this is definitely like one of those kind of in that genre of films that are set in the past, but also like, well, being set in like the past past, have like such a modern 60s 70s feel to them that they almost that they almost feel like that era and not earlier like yeah. that, and that was kind of the idea from what i understand is that it was supposed to kind of modernize it a little bit mm -hmm. and i think that's really fascinating to see um faye dunaway is really yes. good here she's fantastic the whole cast mm -hmm for the most part, is great. The one person I don't like from this movie is the person who won the Oscar for it. I think she's actually kind of bad. <laughs> uh, but everyone else in this movie is great. There's a really great one-scene performance from Gene Wilder in this. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, like, so weird. Because they're like, Gene Wilder, what are you doing here? And then he's gone. But it's, like, a great one-scene performance. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this movie rocks. Yeah. Uh, Jack? Uh, I will get back to you in about 27 weeks, I think. Uh, yeah, we'll watch it when we get to 67 and picture that. that Fair works. enough. Michael? Uh, I haven't seen it. Dylan? I actually haven't seen it either. I feel like we're highlighting a lot of highlighting a lot oh. of my uh, blind spots today. So. Uh, helping out <laughs> all the trivia. There's always going to happen with this yeah. topic. Like, there's going to be random rush, yeah. <laughs> uh well now we'll go over to me uh and now we're gonna get this is my by far my favorite movie uh i've watched for the first time this year uh nothing really comes close at least in terms of non-2022 releases um that were first time watches this is easily my favorite uh i'm going with memories of murder uh this is an excellent excellent film uh i i think i like this more than parasite if i'm being honest i i did really like parasite but this this one like you can tell david fincher watched this movie a lot when he was making zodiac it's, thank you he did it's better yeah. than zodiac too if you love zodiac watch <laughs> this um i i honestly don't want to like say too much because if you haven't seen it the way the mystery unravels is so great but like I will talk about like the aesthetics of this movie. 
because this movie looks so good. Like, honestly, the way that Bong Joon-ho directs the actors in terms of blocking is so visually intriguing and dynamic. Like, it really accentuates the every frame of painting idea because, like, every frame of this movie does, like, just look like a portrait. Like, the way that the actor... Like, there's one shot where, like, an actor is sitting on, like, the desk and the camera's in the background, and it's, like, such a great shot. This movie just looks amazing. Song Kang-ho is fantastic here, as he always is. He's just... This is becoming a guy I'm just, like, whenever he's in things, I'm like, heck yeah. Uh, yeah, Memories of Murder, great, uh, incredible film. Uh, Dylan. Yeah, this feels like one that I should have seen, but I actually haven't seen it yet. And I remember randomly last year, there was like a moment where all of a sudden it felt like everyone in the community watched it in like one night and it got like this massive wave of support. So I really want to check it out, but haven't seen it Normally, yet. I'm kind of in like the front wave of these kind of spike ups. Uh, this time I was actually towards the end and I only watched this because Jake Marangoni got this for me for Christmas, which was a really nice gift. Thank you again, Jake. I don't think he's watching. Thank you. Um, speaking of Jake Michael, you're also Australian. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I actually got uh, the Bong Joon-ho box set for Jake for his birthday last year, so I actually got him Memories of Murder too. So that's oh. funny. Um, but yeah, this is a great movie. He regifted um, that copy. Leave <laughs> <laughs> that to me. He like printed out like the yeah the criteria <laughs> paper. Um, yeah, this is great. Uh, I there's one scene in this movie that is like legit terrifying. It's like a girl in the cornfield at night. That's all I'll say. Um, and it's like a legit horror movie for like five minutes. Um, again, who doesn't love a movie where dudes just drop kick people randomly uh, throughout? Um, and I really, I really love how like the two detectives basically sort of they mirror each other, where they basically like sort of meet and they go the opposite directions and end up where the other person is at in a sort of. That's basically all I'll say about that. Um, but yeah. Great fucking movie, great choice. Um, yeah, I think I like this more than Parasite too. I had a bit of an issue with uh, the coda of Parasite, and uh, I definitely don't have an issue with the ending of this movie because it just looks uh, stares right into your soul, is what I'll say. So, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, well, uh, yeah, Jack, you haven't talked about this yet, right? Yeah, no, because I went, I like went this direction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this movie's incredible. It's in my top 100. Song Kang Ho's in my top 100 performances. Uh, I love the hell out of this movie. I saw a, a local indie theater uh, for the first time ever last year. And oh, you sort of my did. goodness, did it leave an impression on me. I don't want to say too much, but I will say is every time it rains now, I think of this movie and I get goosebumps. <laughs> it, it's, it, 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 it's chilling. Aaron? Yeah, I love this one. Um, Mother's my favorite Bong Joon. Oh, but this is right behind it for me. Um, definitely superior to Zodiac. I even said that in my Larabox review from 2020. So for whatever reason, I decided to take a shot at Zodiac. Nothing wrong with Zodiac, obviously. It's great. Um, but yeah, these are very similar. And uh, yes, yeah, it's just pitch perfect. And the ending is, as many people have already said, fantastic. Uh, Dylan. Or no, you already talked about that. It's a hole in his game, guys. He has not seen Memories of a Murder. Dylan has not seen it. <laughs> yeah, Dylan has not seen Memories of Murder. 
Uh, use that form as a deep cut if you plan it on. <laughs> yeah. uh, sure. Uh, that would actually that would That'd be, be like, such a good deep cut. Like, yeah. Maybe a fun movie. To Please deep do it. Cut study, but still, like, there's worse movies you could have as a deep cut. Um, yes. I could think anyway. of one that I've seen six times. <laughs> I made Jacob E. West watch Titan for deep cuts. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, My second pick, once again, uh, I don't, I I don't think I've talked about this movie on, on the show yet. Uh, If I have, fuck it, it's great. Uh, It's Brief Encounter from forty-five or forty-six. I can't remember. I believe it's forty-five. This movie is. Yeah, this movie's beautiful. Uh, it's just, uh, it, it's simultaneously beautiful and tragic. Uh, the performances from Celia Johnson, I, I believe her name is, and I'm once again forgetting the other, uh, the other guy's name. Both their performances are incredible, but it's, uh, it's Johnson that really stands out for me. Uh, it, it's about these, uh, these two people. They're both very, very happily married, uh, they meet and something just sparks between them and they don't know what uh how to deal with uh these feelings and emotions that they have for each other and it's and it's just following their relationships entirely through uh flashbacks um uh from celia johnson's character and it, it's just beautiful and tragic and also you uh you you don't know how to feel about uh their whole relationship uh yourself uh, as a viewer and it's just it's just a uh it perfectly captures that moment of uh uh when you finally uh when you finally meet someone uh and and it's just uh, and something just sparks between two of you but that can't last and that's uh and that's something that pops up in one of my favorite movies ever made but and this is this is just a beautiful movie. I saw it with Matthew Chen on call together, and it was it was an emotional experience. Can't recommend it enough. I have not seen it yet. Uh, I've been wanting to watch it though. Uh, Michael, have you seen this? Uh, yeah, and I've been on watch this forever. Just haven't seen it. Fair enough. Uh, Dylan. Yeah, same. I mean, I remember hearing uh, Scott, I think, talk about this on his top 100 because I think he, he loves it a lot, too. And yeah, I think it sounds really cool. So I want to check this out at some point. And Aaron, have you seen this? Yeah. Yeah, I love this movie. And me and Jack have finally seen a movie that together. I'm very happy to have achieved that. Uh, I yeah, think that I, means we all have to like make this a priority to watch. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm judging by Jack talking about movie, I think we have maybe one or two others we've seen. Uh, but uh, seriously, great movie. The cinematography, and this is beautiful. Again, 45, 46, good year for cinematography. Um, and yeah, heartbreakingly, or yeah, heartbreakingly frustrating romance. And it's a it's a genre, and this is like, I think, one of the best examples of it. It's just, yeah, it's a beautiful one. Um, I think everybody can get a lot out of it, too. It's it's really strong. Uh, I think that both, both leads are great, but yeah, I do agree that Celia Johnson is the the true star of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that everyone for Brief Encounter? Yes. Uh, so, Michael, take us home. Yeah. Uh, did Aaron go? Yeah. Yep, I did my <laughs> Yeah. 
Like, what is that? This mean? guy, <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy, like Jeremy Conning. Remember, I talked about the weird sex oh, well, stuff. I, I, I like, thought that was your first choice. <laughs> no, no, his first choice. Oh, remember Life uh, and Death? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the movie funny. said you can't wait prepared. to watch, remember? Yeah, yeah. Look, let's just forget this ever oh, happened. Um, <laughs> uh, so, my second choice, also, really enough, is about like toxic masculinity and like and violence. Um, uh, it's a documentary from 2018 called Mining the Gap. Uh, this is just a brilliant documentary that uh, would, on its own, be brilliant. But the fact that sort of the director of the movie, Bing Lu, he sort of recognizes and sort of investigates this himself because these situations happen to him. And some of the most heartbreaking scenes of this movie um, are being sort of interviewing his mother about what happened to him in his childhood. And it's sort of devastating to watch. Um, uh, Kier, who's one of the characters, like his whole arc is just really incredible and just so human. Um, one of his scenes where he's walking around a cemetery, it's like, it's something you would find in like a dark comedy, but then it ends because you're like, oh, like this is like really weird. It's sort of funny, but not, but then it ends up like breaking you at the end. Um, and then the other third person that this documentary fo focuses on, Zach, he is really interesting because like the other two, Bing and Kia, are like good people, totally fine. But Zach is, uh, let's just say, very complicated. Uh, he's involved in a situation with his girlfriend that basically it's sort of the antithesis of the movie where, and then there's a conversation that happens between Bing and his girlfriend that basically encapsulates the world, the problem with like sort of this situation in the world today where Bing sort of brings up, should I sort of like sort of talk about this with Zach? And she's like, oh no, do not do that at all because she knows that Zach will only know that Zach knows that she's the only person that would have told Bing and then she's going to like sort of feel the wrath of Zach. And that is just fucking terrifying. And that's basically like, can sum up the problem with problems with the world today. And then there's a scene later on where Zach basically does uh, the whole, like, you know, sometimes you should never hit a woman. You should never hit a woman, but sometimes you should. And it's just crazy. Like that, that, actually happens in real time and you're like what is like this dude is really weird but also he came from a very problematic childhood so it's like it's just sort of very hereditary and just how sort of that environment and the city they're in breeds that and he tries to get out and yeah it's again this is a very empathetic movie that sort of doesn't judge it doesn't really have an agenda it just sort of presents the situations on the whole and, you know, it sort of investigates them and lets you decide uh, about certain things uh, that happen. And, and also, like, the skateboarding, you can tell that, like, Bing you grew up, like, filming skateboarding because he nails those scenes that are really fantastic, too. Um, but, yeah, if anyone doesn't see this, I really recommend it. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I have not seen this. I've heard people talk about it, but I'll be honest, I've never heard anyone actually, like, describe what the movie was actually about 
Yeah, I might and say too much. Hopefully, hopefully I didn't. But yeah. here's the thing: you might have said too much, but like it's also what has actually finally sold me on watching this movie. Because like I was like, eh, I don't know. Now that I actually know what it's about, I kind of really want to watch it. Okay. Uh, so I, I think you've sold me on it. Uh, at least me for the least. So you're gonna get me to watch it, which is something Adelaide Spence was not able to do, despite like yelling at me about this for like <laughs> years. Uh, Jack, you see Minding the Gap? Uh, uh, no, I haven't. But much like Boatman, I was kind of on the fence about whether or not I wanted to watch it. But you, whether or not. You said too much. You've sold me on it. I don't know when I'll get to it, but I'll. I know I'll watch it now eventually. When is the 2018 uh, picture this year? <laughs> uh, Ooh, that's, that's a way. Uh, yeah, uh, Aaron, you seen this? Muted. You're muted. My bad. Uh, yeah, I have. 2018 was a really good year for uh, documentaries, and this was. Probably my second favorite, um, just behind uh, Shirkers. But I did really, really enjoy this one. And I don't think you said too much. Is I think the only one here who has seen this one. <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. <laughs> I get it. Go ahead, Aaron. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, I can't talk... You know, I can't stop that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, uh, anyway. Dylan. I, Dylan. Oh, Dylan. You have a oh, I don't really have much to say. I don't really watch documentaries all that often. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of striking out here on this yeah, episode because yeah. I've only seen Incendies and that's about it. But yeah. Fair enough. Well, that's everyone for the main part of the show. One last thing, though. Still got the movie. Oh, before we do that, just to recap, our picks were Dear Evan Hansen. Er, no. No, no. <laughs> That's Dear Evan Hansen. Our picks were The Long Goodbye, A Matter of Life and Death, Between the Lines, Insandis, The Boys, Day for Night, Bunny and Clyde, Memories of Murder, Brief Encounter, and Minding the Gap. But before we go... We got one last thing. That's the movie of the month. Contact. Uh, Jack, you've already talked about contact on this show, right? This month? Uh, I have not. But oh, I have will not. say. Dylan, have you? I haven't, no. Okay. Who, okay, just for the record, because I know a lot of people were brought on last minute. Who did not get a chance to watch contact? Definitely didn't get a chance okay. to watch it. No worries. Everybody else did? Okay, good. Aaron was a last minute replacement. He gets a pass. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Literally yeah. Last minute, yeah. contact. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Your name's Jack, right? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it just cut out for a second, so I, I didn't quite hear the name. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, it's it's really good. I, I really like uh, Jodie Foster just in general, so seeing her in this was really nice. Uh, uh, been meaning to watch more Zemeckis. You know, I, I, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, I, I totally honest, I've got about 20 minutes left. Uh, but from what I, from everything I've seen so far, this is a solid four star movie. Could go up to four and a half. But no, four stars is my score. Four stars. Okay. Michael? Uh, yeah, this is a first time watch. Um, and I really liked it as well. Uh, Jodie Foster is like, 
giving a true like movie style performance in this she's so just charismatic on screen and mcconaughey like he's like sweater game and like his scarf game is just on <laughs> fucking point throughout this it's kind of incredible um but the way it's sort of like i know i'm sort of repeating other stuff other people have said but the way it sort of presents both sides and doesn't you know force you to think one way or the other and it sort of presents both arguments and allows you to believe whichever one you want is kind of incredible that they were able to pull that off um i just also want to shout out like the the race the intelligent race i feel like we're probably like their version of big brother like you couldn't just like hold the sphere for like make it hover for like two seconds like you just couldn't do that like you just had to make it go straight down and the only thing that we were given is like a certain thing was recorded for how how many hours i don't want to totally spoil it for jack but like just just make it hover for like two two seconds just give jody foster that and then but that whole scene of when she's going is like i was like sort of gripping the chair i was on because it's so uh, captivating and seeing that honestly on the big screen would be kind of overwhelming um there's also make a really good double feature with interstellar i feel like so yeah really really good movie fair enough uh dylan yeah i also this was also a first time watch for me and uh yeah i really dug it i mean i find that i'm like really into like these films about people like grappling with their faith honestly which is weird because I'm, I'm like not even like a religious person but i find those types of movies like uh religious or religious are really just uh interesting and yeah i think the that whole balance that they find throughout the movie of like not pushing either side onto the viewer just like having making you sort of like take your own side not like i don't know you get what i'm trying to say i'm stumbling over my words i'm tired (laughs) but yeah uh, i thought I thought it was really good. I if I, I have one minor flaw, it would maybe be I thought John Hurt's character felt a little out of place. Like I, it felt like he was even when he shows up, it almost felt like it was like a James Bond villain. The way he, it, like it felt like he was dead just for the point that James Wood makes at the end. Type of yeah, thing. it felt like it felt like he was like a James Bond villain where he's like, yeah, I've been watching you for your whole life, <laughs> yeah. and I know everything about you, but I'm going to help you out and not. <laughs> evil it's like oh just like talk about how the fact that that does not look like john hurt whatsoever like that i was shocked that that was john hurt uh michael did you say what you give it out of five sorry uh i'll give it four i'll give it four four dylan i give it four and a half i really really dug it okay well that's it for the main there for the show uh before we go uh, we will have next week's uh, different topics, but the next movie of the month is After Hours. So if you think you want to be on the show, maybe get a jump start and watch After Hours. Uh, even if you don't want to be on the show, watch After Hours. After Hours is great. But anyway, After uh, After Hours is the movie of the month for next one month that did win the poll. But yes, uh, we, Tim will be posting the the topics for july soon so keep your eyes peeled for that and comment or message myself or timber if you want to be on that show so yep uh thank you to our panel this was a lot of fun uh thank you to aaron thank you to jack thank you to michael thank you to dylan thank you everybody in the chat for watching uh be sure to check everything else on multiplex see you later in case i don't see you good afternoon good evening Come on!